This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, welcome to Tien Tehillim, Perak Kuf Bays, chapter 102. This parak is sponsored for Hoda and Clarity for Devora Eliana Bas Daniela Rina. And I want to just thank the sponsor for today's class. Hashem should bring her tremendous hatzlacha in everything that she does, and bracha and mazal, and health and joy, and may we all be zoche to benefit tremendously from this class, bringing more and more schosim for Dvor Aliana Bas Daniela Rina. Okay, so Perak Kuf Bez is a Perak that is composed for any downtrodden Jew in Gullus. It's a parak tefillah la'ani. It's for the oppressed, downtrodden Jew who's looking to pour out his pain. Lefnei Hashem Yishpoch It's a place where we could pour out our hearts like we spoke about. Yelling in the car, right? This is the whole first part of this parak is going to be the yelling in the car. It's going to be the complaining about what's bothering us and what's hurting us. In what, in Gullus collectively and also in our individual pain of what we're dealing with. And we're going to see that the purpose of getting out all these difficult feelings and emotions and talking about our hard, harsh predicaments, the purpose is ultimately so that we can reclaim a sense of hope and equanimity. And as we approach you know, we're in the three weeks now, as we approach the month of Av, as we approach Tishabav, the saddest day of the entire year, we're told, av When Av comes, we're supposed to lessen our joy. Now, there's another way of understanding this sentence. Av, when Av comes, mematen, we lessen. We lessen the things that we do. We don't listen to music. We don't buy new clothing. There are things that we don't do. We lessen the quality of our lives. We don't, it's, it's less exciting, but we do it besimcha. We lessen all these things, but we still have to maintain a level of joy in our life that's going to allow us to continue to be productive and to continue to be, uh, you know, valuable members of our families and of society. And so, this parak is the perfect parak for the three weeks. It's going to shape things for us in the most balanced way, where we're going to see how we could pour out our heart with whatever we're dealing with. And then halfway through the parak, we're going to bring in, we're going to pivot, and we're going to transition to bringing in a higher perspective, higher wisdom. We're going to bring Hashem into the picture. And we're going to soothe ourselves with three things. We're going to soothe our difficult emotions with the knowledge that Hashem is, number one, eternal, number two, attentive, and number three, unlimited. He's eternal, he's ever attentive, and he's unlimited. Now, you know I love Mishalem, so you know I'd, I'd really love to be able to give you, it's frustrating for me, because I want to be able to give you a mashal here of something in our life that also has these traits that we could compare to, you know, the fact that we're bringing in Hashem in these three ways. What else in my life has these three things in it that soothes me and comforts me? And the truth is that nothing does. Not even one eternal What's eternal in this world? Only Hashem. Ever attentive. Who could always be listening to me? Always be there for me? No one. Only Hashem. Nothing. Unlimited. 
right? Nothing here is unlimited besides Hashem. So every one of these three qualities are exclusive to Hashem. They're godly traits. And any resource or support that we could use in our life to help us doesn't even have one of these. So I really can't give you a mashal. It's only uh, describing Hashem. And that's why I'm going to really zone in on each of these three attributes of Hashem so that we could really learn how to take our pain and soothe it in a way that is really going to bring us lasting relief. So let's look at Pasuk Aleph. Parak Kuf Beis Pasuk Aleph. Tefillah La'ani Ki Yatof. So we're saying a prayer of the ani. So an ani typically, as we know, is referring to someone who's financially impoverished. But here, the ani is talking about anyone who's oppressed, anyone who's feeling needy, anyone who's feeling pain emotionally or physically or in any way. Now, yatov, what does yatov mean? Yatov means bent over. So we're saying that the ani, the needy person here, is has come to the recognition, he's not standing up tall with his head in the air anymore. He's come to the recognition that the only way I'm going to be able to get help is if I bend myself over, is if I surrender and I allow Hashem to do His thing and I don't make like I have the answers for myself. Now, yatov also could mean delay. So what does it mean? It means here that Hashem sees the person who's bent over. He sees the person who's feeling downtrodden and needy and surrender, and the person who's really ready to surrender to what Hashem is going to do and, you know, is really surrendering to the fact that he can't, there's nothing more he can do for himself. Hashem sees this person's tefillos and he delays, yatov, he delays all the other tefillos. All the other tefillos from other people are on hold so that this person's tefillah could take precedence. Now, obviously, Hashem doesn't need to put anyone's tefillahs on hold. He could listen to them all at the same time. But the point here is to show you that the person who's feeling that feeling of, I'm completely reliant on Hashem to help me here, he, his tefillah is going to have precedence. And not only that, lifnei Hashem yishboch His tefillah will come right before Hashem. Hashem will say, that tefillah is so precious to me. I can't let any heavenly agent receive that tefillah. I need to be the one to receive it. And the message here is that sometimes we're so stuck in our solutions, figuring out what to do, when we finally realize that's it, I'm, I'm bending over, There's nothing. it's not about me, it's not going to come from me, that's when the help could really come in. Pasuk Beis, Hashem Shem'at Tefilasi V'Shavasi Eilach HaSavo. Hashem, listen to my prayer. Now this class is going to be full of ideas about prayer that we discussed two classes ago in the class called Pray. P-R-A-Y. And so I just want to highlight here and show you how the, what we're going to see in this parak is going to reinforce the ideas that I gave you there. We said, and just I want to give you a brief review of that class because you're going to see all those things happening here again in this parak. So it's going to show you like a real reinforcement of what we learned. And also, I'll tell you another reason I want to re- repeat you know, the P-R-A-Y, what each one stands for, is because, admittedly, before I gave that class, I never actually used that method of davening. I never specifically used it. It's when I learned that parak of Tehillim that I did in that class, after I learned that parak and I taught you P-R-A-Y, I started applying those principles to my davening. And I want to report back that I have seen tremendous success with using it. So I want, it's very important for me to just reinforce that here. So the P stood for predicament. 
right? Even though we, Hashem knows everything that we go through, sometimes we feel silly. Like, I have to say what I'm going through. It wouldn't even occur to us, right? But tell Hashem exactly what's going on. Tell Him exactly the details of what's going on in your life anyways, even though He knows it, because it creates a very strong connection and a much greater feeling of connection. R was reaction. Talk about your emotions, how you felt about whatever is going on, how you're feeling about whatever's happening about that predicament. A is access, access the future salvation that you're going to be seeing. Take your mind to already envisioning what you do want to happen and why was yes, ask for what you do yes want. And instead of focusing on what I don't want and talking about that. So that's what we did in that class. And I started doing that. I started becoming very conscious of this acronym in my tefillah. And I have to say that when I did it, when I do it, it creates for me a very strong connection. I feel like I'm having much more kavana in my davening and much more enjoyment because instead of doing a chore, it almost felt like I was talking to a friend who you just want to like pour out your heart to and tell them everything. So it was much more enjoyable, much more real for me. And the cherry on top was that I actually saw tremendous hashkacha pratis. When I finished davening and I went home, the, one of the things that I had davened for actually manifested itself in my life in an unbelievable way. So I'm definitely encouraging you all to go back to that. So but here we're going to see, we're going to see these principles from P-R-A-Y. We're going to see it happening in this tefillah as well. Pasuk Gimel, al taster panecha mimeni biyom Don't hide your face from me on my day of pain. Turn your ear to me biyom ekra maharaneni. On the day I call, answer me quickly. So, Interestingly, you know, after this Ani, this person who's needy of whatever he needs, whatever salvation he needs, after he says, I'm coming to daven to you, Hashem, please listen to my tefillah, you would think he would then start asking for what he needs. But it's so interesting. Instead, he just says, what does he need? What's the first thing he needs? I'll taster many. I need you. Hashem, I need you to not hide your face from me. I need you to be visible in my life. In my life. The, the fact that I'm going through it, Sarah, okay, that's not the end of the world. But what I do need is I need to know what's coming from you. I can handle my difficulty with so much greater ease if I know that you're behind it. I just need to see your face. Show me your face in all of this. Just to give you a personally, my, in my own life, I remember going through a very difficult time and saying this exact thing. I told Hashem, listen, I know I'm going through this hardship. It seems like it might take some time to resolve or whatever it is. And I'm dealing with it and I'm struggling with it. Okay, I accept it. It's from you. It's your will. However, could you please just remind me that this is from you, right? We, sometimes we have to remind ourselves, and it's that's like the hardest part of the tzara that we're going through. We have to keep reminding ourselves, this is from Hashem. This is not random. I said, Hashem, could you help me out with that piece? Like, I don't want to even have to remind myself about it. I want to have a deep certainty and a deep knowing that this is all coming from you, and that's going to make this whole thing more, you know, more manageable for me. So... The Al Sheikh explains here also that the 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 writer of this parak is saying more than anything, I want divine concern. I can endure any hardship if I just know that you, if I sense that you're with me. Okay, pasuk ches. Okay, let's skip to pasuk ches. So now, now here is where you know we spoke about. I actually gave you a tool about closing the car door and screaming, and how that could be good for just getting out your feelings, honoring your feelings, meeting your feelings where they are. And so that's what goes on here. In the beginning, the whole first part of this parak, 
basically is explaining the pain of the Yid in Gullus. It's explaining the pain of the Yid who's going through whatever struggles he's going through in the exile. And in Pasuk Ches, we see this metaphor, this metaphorical language that David uses, Kitsipor Bodeid Al-Gag. He compares himself to a bird who's alone on a roof. A bird we know, if we look up at the sky, you see the birds, they're, they're, they're together. They're going in those V-shaped, you know, formations. They they travel together. He's saying here in the Gullus, I feel like a bird who's alone, right? As people, we also need people all around us. He's saying, but I, I, I don't have that need filled. I'm alone. And not only am I alone, but I'm also displaced. I'm not in my nest. I'm not with my other, other birds in the nest, you know, resting in my natural habitat. I'm on a roof. I'm in a place where I don't even want to be. So he's displaced and he's alone. And he's describing that here so beautifully in a metaphor. Pasuk Yod ki efer kalachem achalti. He's saying, my food tastes like ashes. He's in such a downtrodden state. His food doesn't taste like anything to him. And my, as I'm drinking whatever beverage I'm drinking, my tears are mixing in with the drink. And it's all just, I end up drinking my own tears. Pasuk Yod Beis, Ya Mai Ketzel Natoi. So he's saying, my days are like a lengthening shadow of Anika Esav Ivash, and I wither like grass. He's talking about the frailty and the the how how short a person's life is, and how in the middle of a person's life they start going downhill. Right? They start looking older. Their body starts to decline, and so he's really bemoaning this fact here, and he's saying that people are so frail and people are so fleeting. Pasuk Yud Gimel is where we start the transition. Now we're starting to talk about how, okay, yeah, I screamed in the car, right? All these things that he wants to get out of his system, all the pain that he's describing, and he does the prey. He's describing his predicament. He's describing his emotional reaction to it. He's talking about all that, and here he starts to pivot. And what does he pivot with? He's saying, okay, I may be frail, my life is fleeting, but Hashem, you are forever. You're forever, you're enthroned forever, your fame endures throughout the ages. So this is our transitional verse where he focuses beyond his personal situation and he turns to God who actually has power. And this is what he used to console and to comfort himself. And here we're going to start seeing the higher wisdom that he's bringing in to help himself pivot out of his distress. So the Radak explains here that... What does it mean? What is he trying to say here? He's trying to say that my life is fleeting. I'm not going to necessarily be able to witness the final redemption because my days are so short. So my chances are slim. But because you, Hashem, are forever, therefore I know and I could be consoled by the fact that my descendants will have the ge'ula. They'll be redeemed. Also, the fact that Hashem is la'olam means that he has the full picture. We're living for such a little snippet of time. We don't see why things have to be happening. We don't understand what's going on, but he has a much higher perspective and he's able to see everything that we're not able to see. So this Pasuk is highlighting the eternal peace, the eternal attribute of Hashem, that he's la'olam teshev, he's forever, and that he understands things that we don't. So here he's telling Hashem, get up and have Rachmanas on Yerushalayim. Take pity on the Jewish nation. It's time, Lechanina, it's time to give us Chain. It, yeah, we, we deserve it, we don't deserve it, whatever. Give us Chain. 
let us find favor in your eyes. We're your children. It doesn't matter if we deserve it. Just love us and, and just give us because you want to find, find favor in our eyes. And so he's basically, what he's doing here is he's starting to focus not only, till now he was focused on himself. Now he's focusing on the entire Jewish nation. And he's asking that Hashem redeem the entire Jewish nation. This basically is what it's doing is it's it's deflecting him from his own private personal misery and it's opening him up to a greater purpose. He's giving himself meaning. He's now davening for the klal. And this is what we this is a way he's making himself feel better. And this is also what we do when we daven for a chola. We say Yisrael. We don't just daven for that one person. We bring in the schos of the klal. We bring everyone in. For a mourner. We, we bring the, the whole Jewish nation in to accompany this one person who's needing a Yeshua, which ensures that we gain everybody's merit. Because even if we're saying that even if that person is not able to merit that Yeshua that they need, if we bring in and we include everybody else, then surely that the, the merit will be there for that person. Pasuk Yod Ches Pana El Tfilas Ha'arar. Turn to the tefillah of the RR. So what's an RR? So here in this Pasuk, we're going to talk about the attribute of attentiveness, of the fact that Hashem is always listening to us, that we said He's eternal, and now we're saying He's atten- He's always attentive, and we're using all of these attributes to help lift our spirits so that we don't stay in the distressful place. We want to get to a place of joy in our life, even in difficult times, even when we're supposed to be thinking about the Chorban, we still have to be Okay, we still have to have menuchas anefesh. We still have to be on solid ground to live productive lives, even during this time of year. So, pana el tefilas ha'arar. Hashem turns to the tefilah of the arar. What's an arar? So, there's a bunch of different explanations here, but the one that I want to give to you is that arar, the word er, ayin reish, means to wake up. It's saying here, Hashem turns to the tefilah of the one who woke up. What does this mean? So, as we know, when we have an issue or a problem, we tend to get wrapped up in it and we start thinking of solutions and we're calling people and we're working on things and we're putting in tremendous established and very often we act like we only became from five minutes ago, right? What, what do I mean? Uh, your friend calls you up on the phone and you're, you're venting to her or you call your friend to vent to her and you're telling her about your predicament and she said, you know what, let's dive in, right? Let, why don't we dive in for this to be resolved? And you're like, oh, I forgot that that was one of my options, right? I forgot about that. And it's like, what do you mean you forgot about that, right? You're a Jew. That's what a Jew does. A Jew davens. That's what you learned since you're one years old. How could you forget to daven? How did you forget that part of the process here? And we act like this a lot of times. We need to be woken up out of our stupor and to remember, wait, let me go daven, right? That actually might be the thing that works here. And so it says here, Pana al tefilas ha'arar Hashem turns to the tefillah of the person who woke up. He doesn't say, oh, now you remember me? I'm your last resort? Where were you this whole time? You forgot I existed? Forget it. I'm not helping you. No, he doesn't say that. Pana, he turns to us. He turns to us and velovaza as tefillah sam. He doesn't make fun of our tefillah. He doesn't say, where have you been? What's what's going on? Why should I listen to you now? Also, velovaza as tefillah sam, the Rashi tevos of these four words spell avos our forefathers, to show that 
even if, like we said before, that it's good to be part of a klal when we're davening, and that's why we bring in the whole, the whole klal Yisrael into our tefillos, and we we daven in a in a way where we're talking about the rabbim. But here it's trying to say that even if you're alone in your tefillah, even if you're not amongst others, even if you're feeling unworthy in your own right, just know that the prayer of the lone individual does not rise to heaven alone. It rises to heaven accompanied by the tefillos of all of, their, of our forefathers that came before us. And this should give us confidence that Hashem is always listening, even when we are alone, even when we're not feeling worthy, even when we're wrapped up with our own life and we just woke up at the 11th hour that maybe I should daven. doesn't matter. Hashem is always listening. And this is the attribute of attentiveness that we should keep in mind when we're thinking about things from a higher perspective. Hashem is not only always here, not always, not only capable of doing everything, but He's always listening, whether I'm worthy, whether I think I'm worthy or not. So here we could see, as a result of the higher perspective that we're bringing in here, and all of these, you know, taking those hundred steps back and looking at things from a spiritual perspective, from a soul state, we could see that it's working because he's starting to get hopeful and he's saying, Ki hishkif mi marum kacho. Hashem is looking down at us. He's looking from the sky to the earth. I'm being watched. I'm being cared for, right? We said in the beginning, that's all we really want. We want to know that Hashem's behind it and then there's almost nothing that we can't handle, right? We can handle it all. We just need to know that Hashem is behind it. So here we're saying, yup, now that I'm starting to bring in the higher perspective, I could say for certain that I'm being watched and I'm being given hashkacha pratis. Pasuk chaf vav. Lefanim haaretz yisadata umasa yadacha shamayim. So we're saying here that Hashem, from the beginning of time, you created the heavens from nothing. And here we're going to start talking about the final attribute that we're going to discuss in this class, the attribute of infinite capability, Hashem's unlimited ability to do absolutely anything. We get stuck. I can't, this is just my life, and there's too much in the way. I'm not going to be able to get what I need. Hashem created the heavens from nothing. Pasach Chavzayin. Here, very beautifully, we talk about the fact, and we're continuing on this theme of Hashem's infinite abilities and His unlimited nature. And we're saying, Hema yovedu samod. They get destroyed, but you last. What gets destroyed? What gets destroyed is Hashem's ratzon. Meaning, Hashem's ratzon, sometimes we think, well, this is what Hashem wanted, so this is what we're stuck in. Guess what? Hashem wanted this till now. In any second, in any moment, he can, that could all be changed. The only thing that's lasting forever is Hashem. His rutzon is pliable. It's flexible. It changes. And a yid should never get into the rut of thinking, there's no point in davening. There's no hope here. Because it says here, All of the things that you see in front of you can be changed in a heartbeat. Just as fast as it takes for a person to change out of one jacket and put on another one, that's how fast Hashem's will could change. Like clothing. Hashem's will changes like clothing. And this is such an important principle for us to remember. You know, we say, what can I do, right? We say, well, this is my life. It's as easy for Hashem to cure somebody from a terrible illness, to bring someone a shidduch, to bring someone the money they need, to bring somebody the emotional 
health that they need. It's as easy for Hashem to bring that as it is for us to change our jacket. And I'm sure much easier, but this is just giving you an idea that we shouldn't get stuck in thinking that Hashem somehow has human qualities that He's unable to do a certain thing. It's ridiculous. So I want to teach you, um, based on this idea, I want to teach you a principle that I learned to do, an exercise that I was taught to do that's extremely helpful for me in my day-to-day life. And I pull this out all the time. And it's called, Lots Can Happen. Those three words, lots can happen, serve to take you out of your limited, finite space and pull you into a spiritual reality where anything is possible. Lots can happen. Just to give you an example of how I use this, um, I had a client who was very distressed that... Um, of course, I'm repeating this with her permission and changing around some details, distressed that her daughter was not doing well in camp. She didn't like camp. And she daughter called her up crying. She wants to come home this second. Now, she could have gone into this state of, like, despair, right? Like, it's a very hard thing for, for that to happen. It's a very difficult thing to go through, and you feel like, okay, the summer's ruined for my daughter. It's a sad feeling. She could have gone there. She could have just said, okay, that's it. You should have, and she told me, like, listen, you should have heard the way she sounded. Like, forget it, you know? But she didn't say forget it. She said she sounded awful, right? But this is a client who's super flexible and open-minded and she knows my mahalach and she she goes with it and she knows I'm not going to buy into that limited mindset. And so together, she was so open. And so together we were able to work through this with a lot can happen mentality. And I actually took her through like a, a visualization where I had her envision her daughter in her most ideal camp experience, having a great time. And she painted for me the picture of what she was seeing in her vision. Her daughter was having fun with friends and laughing and being herself. And everyone was enjoying her all around her. And we painted this picture and we really accessed this idea that there's so many possibilities, right? In two seconds, something could change. As she's changing her sweatshirt to go out to night activity, somebody can run over to her and say, you want to go, you want to sit next to me, right? Anything could happen in a split second. And we had, and we accessed that. And sure enough, she texted me last night that her daughter is now happy, much happier in camp. And she actually wants to stay and try to ride it out. And, you know, she's really hopeful that it might get better. So lots can happen opens us up. It, it makes us into a clea, a receptacle. It makes us into a person who's worthy of being macabre all of the abundance and all the blessings that Hashem wants to send us. So in conclusion, we saw how David HaMelech brings us higher wisdom to help us navigate out of distressful emotions. And even now, like we said, during the three weeks, we want to feel the pain of the Chorban, want to feel the pain of anything that we're going through. But at the same time, we want to have the tools that we need to get out of it and to get into a better place. So we want to keep in mind the three attributes of Hashem that he's eternal, and that he has the full picture, and we're so limited, and there's barely anything that we could really understand. The fact that he's always attentive to us, no matter what, even when we don't feel worthy, and the fact that Hashem is unlimited, and everything is easy for him. Now, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of giving you acronyms. I don't want to overload you with acronyms. We've been doing a bunch of those lately. So instead, I'm just going to tell you to put these three words on a sticky note, Stick it onto your laptop, stick it into your car on your steering next to your steering wheel, put it in your phone as the wallpaper, 
stick a sticky note into your sitter, anywhere that you're going to see it, remind yourself of these three things. I'm telling you, they're going to come in handy when you need it. And you could write it in the way that I said it, eternal, attentive, and unlimited. Or you could make up your own words. You could write, Hashem sees the big picture. He's always listening and lots can happen. Whatever opens you up and makes you feel better, write it in your own words. During the summer months now, I'd like to offer as many 30-minute free coaching sessions as I possibly can because I want to make sure that whoever's interested can experience the power and effectiveness of coaching. I have, Baruch Hashem, seen tremendous success even in that 30-minute session. Even in that first 30-minute session, I've helped people create major shifts in their life. And so I invite you all to reach out to me for this opportunity. Go to my website, yalbertram.com, click on the contact tab, and email me through there. Also, if you want to receive updates about these classes, click follow on Torah anytime and share these recordings. Feel free to share them with whoever you feel would benefit from them. Thank you so much for listening.